friends. Of course, I go by the name of the kid, famous. You and now tuned into the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast, ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let's start this show in five, four, three, two, one, let's go. Are the Sharks circling Daryl Sutter in Calgary? Is Tiger good enough to compete at the highest level? Your favorite dunk competition moment of all time. How nice is it in Dunedin today? And can Jesse Rubinoff sit down before I finish those four questions? I got stuck on something. I'm going to be The honest. answer is yes, he can sit down. What happened there? I saw you in my periphery. I just had, no, I just had a adjusting. microphone cord just stuck somewhere, and oh, I couldn't. I was just. Got stuck? And then you rolled over. You know what? You know what? I'm gonna remember this next time you next time you, you say something oh, to me get here. about me giving you a hard time about putting the jacket on like 10 seconds before so, air. Sometimes I'm actually doing that on purpose for effect. <laughs> and sometimes you call me out on it like all the time. No, literally and, every day. And, and if I can stop and just say I was completely and utterly distracted by whatever the hell that you were doing I'm over there. I'm surprised that the, the camera didn't pan to me <laughs> earlier, to be honest, because I was having a rough time over here. Oh, you better watch out. Difficult. You better watch out because when we get to the end of the show and the week in review oh, saw, we, the, we might have oh, that no, camera. Oh, no, I forgot over about there. the bird's eye view. Yes, yeah. showing you doing. <laughs> I was trying to distract you, to be honest. I just wanted to make you laugh. It's this Friday, so that's it. Yesterday, you couldn't stand up. That's Today, it. you can't sit down. What's that's going it. on over Honestly, there? Honestly, can I help? No, it's because like Do 10 seconds there. I know we got a new desk. Can we get a new chair? No, no, the, the chair's rolly fine. chair is tough. No, no, it's. The rolly chair is tough. The rolly yeah, chair is lie. tough. I gotta yeah. like, do some yoga or something so I can sit it, sit in a little more. Uh, God's honest truth, I believe the rolly chair is tough. Uh, but like ten <laughs> seconds there, sometimes just like maybe I'm gonna stand today. Maybe today's gonna be the day where I stand, and then I decide that no, I'm not gonna do that, and then I try and sit in the rolly chair. Right. And it sometimes becomes a situation like today. Like today. Which I mean. I think you should stand. I think you should stand every show and cut your sleeves off like you're Pat McAfee. Yeah, that's that seems to be the look that people <laughs> go for it. these days. So, so those four questions, well, five questions, because you, you you have, yeah. you answered one of them. You right. can sit down. Right. Uh, we'll begin to answer <laughs> the rest of those questions on today's edition of Tim and Friends for February seventeenth, twenty twenty-three. I'm the Tim part. You are the Friends part. Rubinoff is our handler. He passes the notes to and fro. And today, hopefully, those notes are a plenty as we attempt to give you ninety minutes of edutainment before handing off. <laughs> to Hockey Central. We've got five games in the show tonight, including two Canadian teams, two on the Sportsnet family of channels, including the Rangers and Oilers, as Connor McDavid looks to hit the century mark in just 56 games. It's absurd. It, it is absurd. It's actually absurd. That's a great word for it. I had crazy in my head. Yeah. Absurd is probably better. I, I just, it's so awesome. Like, it really is just, it's awesome, it's yeah. absurd, it's everything. I remember Sid was sitting here and he said, McDavid's turned into must-see TV. And I was like, I don't know, like NHL, is there actually a... And he was absolutely positively right. Like, anytime I see a McDavid game, I'll watch. Yeah, I, I think the struggle that all leagues have at the moment is like, he does something amazing, you're going to see it in two seconds online anyway, anyways. Yeah, but, that's the truth. Yeah. But, but that also robs, if you, if you approach it that way, that We're also sell robs the game us. On, on Rogers no, 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 now. it robs us of <laughs> everything else that he does over the course the of that game, things, yeah. the little things that, that lead up to that. So, yeah. 
watch the whole game is what I'm saying. <laughs> right, nice, turn, nice turnabout there, Jesse. Where you <laughs> yeah, go, buddy? Yeah, look at that guy. You didn't, you didn't <laughs> seem very operator. nervous at all. Stop laughing, Sebi. I see over there. I see over there grinning. <laughs> We've also got the start of the NBA All-Star Weekend on Sportsnet. Do you want to rip the celebrity game or the Rising Stars game? No, I think it'll sure? be great. No, I think it'll be fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Both those go tonight. Uh, Rising Stars, actually a new twist. We'll kind of sort of explain, I think, in game time. And the celebrity game is always like an entertaining mismatch of folks that includes this time around, Jesse, you ready for this? Mm-hmm. WWE superstar The Miz, DK Metcalf, Albert Pujols, Ozuna, and thankfully not Marcel, but the guy in Tebote and Taki Taki, and of course 21 Savage, where we finally see if 21 can do his thing. 21, Crody, turn me up. How many guests we got? A lot. Or just three. Eric Smith from Utah, NBA All-Star Weekend. We'll see if he can get me into the game next year. Shane Doan from Arizona. Ross Atkins from Dunedin. That's right, kids. The general manager of the Toronto Blue Jays is joining us in the second hour. So please stick around and we will try and do our thing, 21. And if you got the last couple of references, yep, yep. Let's get it going. Jesse, Biggie, first things first. So let's start the meeting. Mark Eaton. First things first. I didn't understand any of those references. <laughs> you, know, it's, you know what's funny is normally <laughs> I will pause and let you jump in on some of the references. Yeah. And I realized once I got into them that you gave me kind of sort of side eye. Like, wait a second. Yeah. Like, you don't know Table Tay? Well, no. But that, table one, te- but that one felt like te- you were talking. Te- okay. No? No, not a, literally not at all. But Mommy. <laughs> I can't say the next one, too, because then you get into yeah. something completely no, different. You'll, you'll play for me uh, during the commercial break. Yeah, I'd play it for you right now, but I don't know the Spanish right. swear words. gotcha. And I don't want to get any of us in trouble. No, I just felt like you were talking to the friends of the show there. It wasn't directed towards <laughs> me. Usually when you direct... I'm always them, talking to you. No, but when you direct... Always. No, no, but when you direct... Always. No, there are sometimes references you direct in my way, specifically because you know I'm not going to get them. <laughs> And you're waiting for a reaction. What do you mean specifically because you know I'm going to get Oh, my goodness. Uh, okay. Why don't we chat some hockey? Because right. uh, there's some stuff going on. A little something what about Taki Taki? Do you know Taki Taki? Taki Taki. Isn't that... Uh, I was going to... Okay, forget it. It was, t- it was a tough night for Canadian NHL teams on Thursday. The Jets had their three-game winning streak snapped. With a 3-1 loss to the Blue Jackets. Pat Line had a goal and assist, while the Habs lost... 6-2 to Esperi Kakanyemi. Remember him? And the Canes and in Calgary. The Flames lost 5-2 to the Wings. Their fourth For loss two. in the last five games. Yeah. Calgary not in a playoff position at the moment. Frustrations are mounting. Who's to blame for their disappointing season? Foreshadowing there with that last shot. Yeah, maybe. Listen, I, you know it's not really my style. I'm not here to blame anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not my style. And further, it's kind of subjective, right? Like, I can line it up for folks here. And listen, all this is wins and losses. Let's be honest. Nobody's talking about blame if they're winning hockey games. They're not winning hockey games, and in part, that's because of their goaltending. Their goaltending and their team defense just hasn't been good enough. They were hoping, especially last night, it felt like this was the hand the ball off to Dan Vladar and watch him run. Mm-hmm. That did not happen. So here we are again wondering what the hell's going on with Calgary outside of the playoffs. And listen, I'm not going to put blame. I'm not that guy. I really thought if we're talking about blame, there was a contrast between 
Chris Tanev and Daryl Sutter's answers to what the hell happened last night. Tanev, well, to me, he shouldered the blame. In fact, all of it. I'll take responsibility. I'm supposed to be one of the leaders. <sighs> Need to play with more emotion. Obviously, must-win game, and we didn't show up in, uh, in any aspect of the game. So, Zero. I mean, that's my fault. Sutter, for his part, did not shoulder the blame. In fact, he chuckled. Talk about that lack of emotion in the first game back after, after a road trip. I mean, that's got to be on the players, I assume, to get themselves up for it, right? Yeah, that's, that's a little bit of the leadership of the group. There's so much talk going into this game about goaltending. I'm assuming you didn't see goaltending as the main reason you lost tonight. Well, it certainly didn't give us an opportunity to win, did it? Yeah, so if you're looking to assign blame, well, I know where Jonathan Uberdo's agent think the blame lies. And maybe that clip that we just saw of Sutter inspired what we saw last night on Twitter from Alan Walsh, which said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Also, negativity sucks the joy right out of the players. And I love that he CC'd at NHL Flames. All right, so Walsh is a bombshell dropper. See Marc-Andre Fleury and a certain sword from back in the day. But are we at the point where an agent is trying to get the coach fired? Like, what does that look like? This is the guy who just signed for his client an eight-year, $84 million deal with the team where he's trying to chase a coach out after 52 games, Jesse? Yeah, it's it's honestly strange to me. Like, I, I get that um, Huberto's not having the season that he might have liked, and his agent doesn't like that. But to me, a coach, you don't have to love a coach to win. I think the Kings players but in you 2012 had to and know. 2014... Let me slow you down. Yeah, yeah. You had to know, going from freewheeling Florida to Daryl Sutter in Calgary that signing the eight-year deal for that kind of money coincided with trying to play Daryl Sutter hockey, no? Yeah, and he's just he's not doing that. And there's other things involved in his personal game that haven't carried over from his time in Florida. He's not shooting enough. Fans have been all over him for that. So it feels like, and I know this didn't come from Uberdo, so i got to give him credit there. It's not from him, it's from his agent. But it feels like there is a semblance of passing the buck here and trying to take responsibility, shift it to Daryl Sutter when Huberto hasn't been good enough, frankly. Well, here's Sutter's response from earlier today to the assembled masses. Daryl, I wanted to get your reaction to the, uh, the tweet from Alan Walsh last night. Tweet. It uh, said that uh, <laughs> players are being, fun is being sucked out of the players here in Calgary. So, and what would his relationship be to you or to the players? Agent for Jonathan Huberdeau. So it's not really players, is it? So I'm assuming you're saying that it's irrelevant what an agent would tweet? That would be the <laughs> assumption. Social media and. Your giggling is making me giggle. And what I anybody says doesn't affect locker room ever. Ever, right? When you got a tight group, that's. You, you keep it tight. Your giggling is making me giggle. Do you believe the ever ever? Do you believe that no matter what anyone tweets, no. they don't? Yeah, I don't. I don't believe that. No, it's impossible yeah. in this day and age. Players talk to people. I'm not saying that that was the case here. Yeah, but players talk to For agents, sure. friends, wives. Like someone who tweets something 
about the locker room can also be right. Oh, for sure. It's funny how the, those clips are endearing when they're winning. Yes. And then when they're losing. Yes, we've empowered him. Yeah. Yeah, we've, we've empowered uh, Daryl Sutter. And, and to be honest with you, I find it all enjoyable. If you're a fan of the team or a player on the team, I don't know how enjoyable you find it. That's so right. let's go to the man who asked that question of Daryl Sutter. Let's go to one of our sources, Eric Francis in Calgary. Eric, listen, I, I know it's 2023, but is there any way that an agent gets a legendary coach fired on Twitter? Hey, that's a fair question, Tim. No doubt about it. And, and, and my answer in short would be not for this tweet. Uh, there are tweets out there where a guy could drop a bombshell that could absolutely get a coach fired in today's day and age. But, but this one is an insinuation that the coach is not well-liked or that he, it's not much fun being around the rink or this team at this point in time. You know, that's not news. Uh, I think around the hockey world, people know that Daryl Sutter is not well-liked by a lot of his players. It's not a popularity contest. As a matter of fact, this organization went through a couple coaches recently that they thought were too soft and too chummy with the players. They wanted someone harder. So the bottom line is wins and losses. And because they're not winning a lot and they're not really losing a lot, they're kind of middling right in the middle. They're hanging on to that last playoff spot. It's to be determined. If they lose five or six in a row, absolutely he's on the hot seat and could be fired, but not because of the tweet. If they win a bunch of games in a row, then you know we're not talking about this that much anymore. At the end of the day, think back to Scotty Bowman. The greatest coach of all time, the winningest coach of all time. Was he well-liked by his players? No, but he got results. Daryl Sutter has a long track record of having results. Right now, he's not getting them. But the team just played two of their best games of the season two and three games ago, even though they're still not getting the results. So there are signs that they could get out of this thing. At the end of the day, yes, a coach could be fired for a tweet, but not this one, not this time. And we'll see about how it goes over the next little while. And I love that he brought up Scotty Bowman. I have a, a quote in my book of quotes mm. that I carry around with me. Jesse, Steve Shutt once said about the legendary Scotty Bowman, you hated him for 364 days. And on the 365th day, you collected your Stanley Cup ring. You got to publish that book. Sir. Now, book of quotes. I don't know that the Flames are picking up that Stanley Cup ring. Mm -hmm. And eventually that wears thin, asked Mike Keenan and those who played with Mike Keenan and why Mike Keenan wasn't employed after a while in the National Hockey League. I think that's a very, I think your last point is very important that when you're not winning and things go south, like they're going south with the Calgary Flames, yeah. the, rope, the leash south. gets a lot, a lot shorter when yeah. your players don't like you. But I don't think there has to be a requisite right. for your players to like you. Like it's a yeah. job. You know how many people there are out there that don't like their job and still go into work and do a great job every yeah, single day? Yeah, I mean, 2023, that's changing a little bit though. Oh yeah. It's a changing little bit. a little bit. By the way, next quote in this book. Yeah. As a coach, you always have a gun to your head. It's just a question of whether or not there's a bullet in the barrel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For his part, Uberdo was asked about all this today and he basically poo-pooed the idea that the tweet was from him. I had no idea when I woke up, <clears throat> woke up this morning. I mean, I had a lot of notification on my phone, so you guys all know Alan, you know? You guys know him probably, you know, maybe a lot more than I do, but is uh, yeah, that was, uh, you know, I woke up this morning and I saw that tweet, so. It does not reflect your thoughts or opinions right now? No, I think, you know, we're, we're all frustrated. I mean, we, we can play better and that's about it, but, you know, that it doesn't come from me, so, you know, it's like, it's my, yeah, it's my agent, but you know, it's it's from him. It's his, it's his account. That's who that 
you know, he made that tweet, so that doesn't reflect, you know, on me or on the on the guys. Or you know, we all love each other. We're a close team, and you know, we're gonna grind this out and make the playoffs. Ease is up for the Calgary Flames. No, wait, hold on a second. They play the New York Rangers tomorrow yeah. on Hockey Night in Canada. I think he handled that pretty well, though. Yeah. Like exactly what you should do to sort of douse the fire. There as was best probably you can. a talk though before that happened. Yeah, I would imagine. I don't so. know if it was Walsh and him, if it yeah. was the team and him, if it was Walsh the team and him, but that's the right way to do it. Yes. Well done. Uh, interesting that the uh, Flames head coach would, is potentially getting on the hot seat. A little bit of a. Yeah, you like that. Okay, right, let's go to soccer. The United States <laughs> avenged their loss to Canada at the Tokyo Olympics with a 2 0 win last night at the She Believes Cup. In Orlando, the Canadian women, of course, are playing the game under protest amid a bitter labor dispute with Canada soccer and judging by Christine Sinclair's post-game comments. All of the drama in the lead-up to the match impacted the team's performance on the pitch. This game, leading into it, could have gone one of two ways. Um, either, like, it just, we're fighting for everything and come out on fire, or we come out flat and... I think you saw those first 10, 15 minutes, we came up flat. Um, I think we looked like a team that was tired, a team that's like mentally exhausted coming up against a team. I mean, they're defending World Cup champions for a reason, and you have to be at your best to compete with them, and we weren't tonight. What's your biggest takeaway from last night's loss? To be honest with you, I, uh, I found it sad for the athletes. Like, I, I know this is necessary. I know that this is the only way that some folks will listen. I also know how much these women want to compete. And that's where it hurt me. That's why I found it sad. Like, in 2023, so many of us humans, period, man, woman, child, were left to advocate for ourselves. And I, I tried to tell Canada Soccer and Jesse, you can back me up on this, to get out of the way. Mm -hmm. Like, I tried to explain the money will come. I tried to tell the powers that be that we need to ride this wave, not swim against it, because this was supposed to be the greatest time in Canadian soccer history, yet here we are amazingly. So let's be clear and fair. It appears as though the women will get equal pay to the men. And from what I hear, it's significant. Significant enough that Canada soccer feels like they need to cut elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And a lot. Even though the money is coming. And trust, the money is coming. A World Cup, renewed interest in this country, a national team deal deals for multiple World Cups, one in our own country. And before the knuckle-draggers walk in and say, yeah, but this and that. 2019, the US women's team outdrew the US men's team. 2022 Euros saw 68,000 in game one of the tournament and 87,000 attend the final. And Canada's gold medal match was the most watched event at the Tokyo Games, period. Doesn't matter gender period, most watched the entire games. It's coming, whether you know it or like it or not, it's coming. And having to explain that, by the way, Jesse, makes me sad every time I do it. But here's what makes me most sad, that it ever had to be. Like Nancy Armour, USA Today, that's right, USA Today is now firing away. And as if the headline weren't enough, a fight you can't win, Nancy in the piece goes on to say, with the World Cup less than six months away, even the suggestion that the women are being shortchanged will be seen as petty 
and disgraceful. Yep. This is not going away. You can't wish it away. I don't know what's been going on the last year. I told you this was coming and it ain't going anywhere till you fix it. Journalists across the globe are now all over this. The American team who did this three years ago is on board. Marta, the Brazilian superstar, is on board because she knows that her country is next. Jesse's heard me say it so many times he's sick of it. Either you're in or you're in the way. This is not going to get any better. Not in a World Cup year for anyone at Canada Soccer. No chance. Get out of the way, get it done, and get to work on learning how to make the money back because trust me, it's coming. And if you don't fix it soon, they'll be coming for your job if they aren't already. Very well said. Uh, this is not what you want to be dealing with when you're going up against the best team in the world either, right? No, yeah, like world number ones. Listen, the She Believes Cup is not the be-all and end-all, mm -hmm. but it's an important one, and it's also where the U.S., lodged their protest three years mm -hmm. ago. But that's not what you wanted to be doing going yeah. into it. They've a dominated game. that event, too. Five yeah. of seven they've won. So I mean, No, but it's... like Canada, you know, you've met some of the women on that team. Mm -hmm. Like, they are ultimate competitors, and that's their arch nemesis. That's who they want to beat every time out. And yet, here they were. Yeah. Attention diverted. Emotional beginning. With the players all Without, coming Yeah, together. that was very cool. Very, show very solidarity. Cool. Yeah, 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 very but, cool. Hey, uh, uh, hey, do you... Do you know what day it is, Jesse? It's Friday. Thank golf, it's Friday. Thank golf, it's Friday. Let's go. We're back. We Beautiful back. sounds. So I guess it really is almost springtime and uh, so what's going almost on with, summer. What's going on with your boy? My Tell boy. My boy. Okay, so uh, it was an incredible finish to... You and many others. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of others. Uh, it was an incredible finish to Tiger Woods' first competitive round since last year's Open Championship. Birdie, birdie, birdie finish yesterday. Tiger proved to us that he can still get it done. But the question, Timmy, now is, can he get it done four days in a row? Can he even get it done two days in a row? That was the big question going into round two of the Genesis Invitational. Will Tiger see the weekend? Tiger Woods enters Friday at two under, looking to build off a strong first round. Starting on the back nine, par four, 13 Tiger. That, that's not gonna get it done. This is a five footer for par the second of back-to-back. -back. Bogies falls to even par. But the 15-time major champ responds on 14. Interesting with the flat stick. Line, if it's the right way. And they kick and roll towards the cup. Tiger Woods at 14. Tiger Woods at 14. Inside a foot. That close, about 10 inches to a hole in one. Turns that great tee shot into a birdie. Moves to one under par. Par 5, 17. Tiger's second shot. From a buck 79 out is a thing of beauty. Settles close to the cup, leads to another birdie just dialed with the irons. I was trying to say, it's interesting that it was dialed with the irons, good with the, like, the flat stick is what failed him. That's not the foot, like, no. that's not the leg. No, that's something you think he, he would have been sharp on, but maybe yeah. it's the nerves uh, coming into play a little bit. Saw that ball roll all the way down to the bottom of the green, so Tiger opts to try and putt oh, his second shot around the bunker. Uh, he's probably not the first person to try that. Won't be the last. He would bogey the hole after another bogey on eight. Tiger needs to chip in on nine to save par. Woo! That close. Lips out. Woods shoots a three under 74. Sits at one over for the tournament. And currently is one shot to the bad side of the cut line, which is a great cut. Currently sitting at even par 
As you see, Keith Mitchell at nine under, Colin Morikawa. You, really you don't care about the top of that leaderboard. All you care about is what that tie six is. No, I mean, I'll still watch it on the weekend, but obviously, yes, you're correct. I would much prefer had he made that chip or just a few more putts today. Two things that stuck out to me mm -hmm. yesterday was him saying, I got to go get better mm -hmm. in his post-round comments. And did you see the start of our overnight highlight pack of the Genesis Invitational? Just him warming up. Does that not look like an old Tiger Woods? Oh yeah, it, like, it's it's uh, it's almost shocking how much older he looks. I don't think people can really grasp uh, exactly what he's been through. You read the headlines, you you hear about the injuries, but the amount of of physio and stretching and warming up and ice baths and all this stuff that this mm -hmm. guy has to do just to get ready to go to the range, just to get ready to play 18 holes. It's like a, a minor miracle this guy's able to walk. 36 holes like he did last year. And it's starting years. to wear on him. Like, I'll tell you how old he is. Yeah. He's my age. Yeah. But I will say, he's still better than half the field in swing speed, ball speed, all that. He's out driving Tiger or uh, Justin, JT, and, and Rory yesterday. Oh, well, we and heard today. about the dri out driving, yeah. Like, it's, it's By the way, Tiger's impressive. never been funny. Still yeah. to come, Jay's GM, Ross Atkins, joins us from Dunedin as spring training ramps up. That's right. The general manager of the Jays joining us, Coyote's chief development officer and longtime Coyote Shane Doan on the team's first season at Mullet Arena and an interesting partnership. Plus, after the break, we head to Utah. All-star festivities, Eric Smith next right here on a Friday edition of Tim and Friends. Here is the man that this crowd wants to see. Vince Carter with his first stop. Let's go home. Let's go home, ladies and gentlemen. Number 19, Shane Doan. Doan scores! My family and I have so much joy in the deep roots we have here in Arizona. I would have never, ever made it this far without all of you. I remember a year ago you said 21 was the trailer, 22 was the movie. What's 2023 going to be? Yeah, I'm not going to say anything. You guys got to watch it. Ross Atkins coming up here on the show, but NBA All-Star Weekend is upon us from Utah, and it gets going with a celebrity game at 7 p.m. Eastern on Sportsnet with names like Albert Pujols, DK Metcalf, 21 Savage, all taking part. Then at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific, it is the Rising Stars game. The Raptors' Scotty Barnes taking part in that one. Then tomorrow, Sportsnet 1, All-Star Saturday, including the three-point contest. The dunk contest should be a fun weekend at Utah. We'll check in with Eric Smith in a moment, but earlier today, Caught up with Scotty Barnes. Scotty, here you are at your second All-Star Weekend, and I know you didn't have a chance to experience this circus last year, get stuck in traffic or whatever it was, but what's this whole you know, weekend like for you from kind of beginning to end and just being a part of the, the grand spectacle that is All-Star Weekend? Uh, it's an amazing atmosphere to be around, an amazing environment, uh, being around the people, uh, I know these, a lot of these people from when I got drafted. That's yeah. a fun atmosphere to be around, and I love it. I've talked to so many young players over the years about the transition from college to pros, more so off the floor, mm. not necessarily on, just life. Being 19, 20 years old, maybe you can't even drink in a lot of places. You can't go out. You can't do as much stuff. You're away from home for the first time. A lot of, not necessarily applying to you in all of those, those, uh, those points, but mm -hmm. what's it been like life? adjusting to being a pro? 
Uh, I would say there's definitely way more less being less strict, uh, being able to control what you can control, uh, being able to be you. Life off the floor is simple. Uh, it's just how you want to make it. Uh, a couple questions on the team specifically away from this weekend. And I mean, we always say it's the second half of the season. It's really not. It's the final quarter of the yes. season, basically. But you guys are playing better right now than you have been in you know most stretches of the season. What do you think of this team and the way it's coming together and the, you know, the addition of Yak and, and the way you guys have been playing the last month or so? Uh, I feel like our team, we really love each other. Uh, we really are there for each other. We're just trying to stay together no matter what. Were you surprised? that nothing major was done at the deadline in terms of exits, no, but the additions. I, I wouldn't say I was surprised. Uh, we, we, we all believe in each other, uh, and that's how we always been feeling. Uh, so I wasn't really surprised. Last we got one, a good addition, though. Having that big man in the middle, what kind of a difference can it make for you guys that, that, having that type of weapon? Uh, you can just see it. The rim protection, he alters shots. Uh, he's able to be a big presence for us down deep in the paint. Uh, he's a high IQ player that you can give it to him and he knows how to make smart reads, sets great screens and rolls. Uh, he has a big presence for us on the floor. Appreciate it, man. He's Thank you. He's a great person off the floor. Oh, even better. I love his he, he, see, I like how you tied that right I at love, the end. We talk about love, being good I love people. His and... personality. He's a, he's a great guy. Uh, he knows how to communicate and he has a fun personality to him as well. But if he was a bad guy, you probably wouldn't tell me anyway. Um, nah, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, Scotty and Smitty, the podcast coming to you soon. <laughs> Smitty joins us now from Utah, where I believe it's not exactly Dunedin. <laughs> it seems a wee bit chilly out there, no. Smitty. Yeah, I'd say about minus two. So, I mean, you know, like we're, we're kind of built for this as Canadians, but it's, a, you know, the sunshine. Don't let it fool you. It's, it's pretty chilly here. I I'm going to tell you right now, you look kind of matrix-esque right now. Oh, I'll take that. A little Neo. <laughs> yeah, a little Neo, a little Keanu Reeves here. Uh, so that, that right. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. he's dodging. Oh, oh he's got the sunglasses, goodness. too. Look out. <laughs> Red pill, blue pill. Which one? <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, leave those on. The, the Rising Stars game, I okay. think is, I might, like, listen, I know people check out of these weekends. I know that sometimes they're for kids. I feel like the Rising Stars game, given... Uh, the context this year, we have a couple of different teams, including the G League All-Stars. I have a feeling that the guys in the NBA are not going to want Scoot Henderson and Leonard Miller, the Canadian. I, I got a feeling they're not going to let those guys do anything. I, I tend to agree with you, and I, I mean, I like the fact that the NBA is trying to do something different, trying to find a unique wrinkle to try and, you know, generate a little bit more interest or a little bit more intrigue, because we saw it, listen, to be honest, at NHL All-Star Weekend, we've seen it in the yeah. past, uh, certainly with the NBA and what we saw even with the Pro Bowl. Um, I think you've got to try and be creative, because clearly the players have gotten to a point where... They're liking to have fun with it, but they're clearly not bringing their A games. It's not as competitive as it maybe was when you and I were growing up watching some of these games. And right. I think trying to find ways to bring the competitiveness back to this is a good thing. And I would totally, totally agree with you, Timmy. I think you don't want to be shown up by some of these young guys, some of these folks that are under you. So you want to make sure that you're at the top of your game. And listen, even, you know, let's reference Scotty Barnes who we just played. Think back to last year and when he was in that little two-man game with Tyrese Maxey. That was probably not the most thrilling memory for Scotty to have last year but he tried to have a little bit of fun with it and I'm sure he kind of wants to redeem himself this weekend to some degree as well yeah I think it might kick up the uh, the competitiveness just for a little bit um, I know I know listen you look like you you are very matrix-esque 
People will be asking you for autographs by the end of this weekend, and you have been to a bunch of these. But does the celebrity game <laughs> does the celebrity game mean anything to you? Um, well, I don't think I'm going. It's actually the Rising Stars game is at Vivint Arena right behind me. But right. the uh, celebrity game is about 10, 15 minutes out of town at uh, the University uh. of Utah campus. So, listen, uh, the, the tough thing is... Uh, you know, it probably speaks to exactly what we were just talking about. I think trying to draw the competitiveness and the star power at times, even, you know, with the All-Star Weekend and with some of the skills competitions and the dunk contests and stuff, it's not like we're seeing Michael Jordan and Dominique Wilkins and Kobe Bryant and Vince Carter. You know, it's, it's guys that are sort of, with due respect, not quite names or all-star talent or superstar talent in this league yet. And I think that it's kind of sort of the same with the celebrity game. Not that they're not celebrities in their outright and they don't have their own star power, but it's not quite perhaps what we once did. I think one of the biggest names that we are not even talking a whole lot about is the Canadian, Simu Liu. And I think that maybe he's got a chance to kind of show out a little bit tonight in the celebrity game. So that's probably enough on the celebrity game. Though. Nice. Okay, so if you look towards tomorrow, what's your event? My event is still the three-point contest, yeah. and, and I think it's because of the fact that the dunk contest has taken a little bit of a step back, probably since Vince Carter. I mean, listen, the only other one that comes close, and it was a hell of a show that was put on, if, if not by just two guys, in Zach Levine and Aaron yeah, Gordon in the Toronto. dunk contest in Toronto. What is that now, six years ago, Got seven it. years ago? Like, that was spectacular, se seven years ago. Other than that, we have to go back to Vince Carter. And I think, you know, it's, I know this is a stale response, but everybody probably agrees it says the same thing. What more can you do? Is there something that I truly haven't seen before? And I'm, I'm one of those guys that also, maybe I'm old school, I don't want to see a guy go out there and try it three, four, five times. You knock it down and put it down on your first one, fine. But when it comes to the three-point shootout, that is an art. That is a skill. And just trying to get off those shots, let alone with the accuracy, making those shots in the allotted time. And that seems to be the one event left where many of the stars, or at least a good chunk of the stars, still come out for that event, and that's why, to me, it's the the top of the uh, you know the top of the heat for when it comes to the weekend. I'm with you, but I will say this about the dunk competition: like every time I have written its obituary, and I've I've long yeah. said that I think they should do it every four years, and and that way, the best of the best may show up for their one, right? Like if it's. If it's if it's every it's an Olympic, it's a quadrennial, then maybe you don't saturate it to the point where we end up with Mac McClung, although I'm kind of excited to see what he'll do. Anyways, I, I do feel like every time I've written it off, though, we've seen them come back and, and do something like Toronto. Well, it, it, it's interesting you say that as well, Timmy, because, and I know you just kind of poked a little bit of fun with Mac McClung, but maybe he does pull out something that we haven't seen. Maybe he blows all of us away with what he does, but would we not be that much more um, sort of ga geeked up and jacked up for the event if it was, John and Morant. I know he's not healthy right now, but Zion Williamson yeah. and John Morant, yeah. and if we had, you know, Aaron Gordon said he would go in it again if he got named to the All-Star team. Well, he didn't. Like, if you had a chance to see, heck, LeBron James, I know he's not going to suit up and do it at 38 years old, but wouldn't it be thrilling to see you know, the best of the best and the top stars, the elite guys uh, gearing up for this event. I think it would be absolutely incredible, and it would bring a little bit more lure and luster to the uh, evening overall. All right, uh, we've talked enough about the All-Star Weekend. I know you were kind of pressing Scotty on what the team's become, and, and Scotty was given kind of, you know, the, the cliched answers. But I got to ask you, with about a minute left here, do you, I'm starting to feel like the Raptors might have a little run in them. 
I think they do. And I mean, look at the schedule for the Raptors right now and how it stacks up for them. It's not exactly, uh, you, you know, going out and beating the, the, the best of the best in the final 20, 25 games of the season. I think it has set up for them well the last few weeks. And outside of that slippage, uh, you know, against Utah, what, about a week ago, week and a half ago? Um, We'd be talking about a team on a six-game win streak, one game below 500, sitting here at the All-Star break. And as it still stands, they're back in the play-in. Uh, I think they've got a chance to go on a little bit of a run here, and I think they're a better team now after the deadline than they were before. Is that going to be good enough to get in? Is that going to be good enough to win around? I don't know, but they're a better team. And I love Scotty, the, especially the youngest guy on the team, talking about we love each other, we play for each other, and let's hope that that comes to fruition in this uh, you know, last stretch. Uh, listen, I appreciate you doing this, uh, walking out in what appears to be below freezing weather. Uh, no hat, no toque, uh, a nice high, tight fade, and looking like Neo, this was one of the best that I've ever seen. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right, Thanks very much. Eric Smith joining us live from Utah as he gets set for All-Star Weekend, which you can see right here on the Network Hall. I'm excited. Are you? Yeah, why not? You were tuning in? Yes. Especially the, the dunk hot. I'm not, I'm not. Always. Yeah, I don't want to miss it. Although yeah. I do think it's a little bit better on PBR. <laughs> on the other <laughs> side, we'll be joined by Coyotes legend Shane Doan, now working for the team. We'll discuss the team's season, Jacob Chickren's future, and their third jersey collab with a big name in fashion. We'll do that next. And Tim and friends, have some fun with Shane Doan. Stick around. Also, Ross Atkins. Welcome, Jays general manager Ross Atkins just beyond the hour, but with the NHL trade deadline nearing, most folks know that the Arizona Cardinals are, excuse me, the Arizona Coyotes are front and center. The Arizona Cardinals were front and center a day ago when they hired a new coach. I think most folks know that they are front and center when it comes to the trade deadline. I don't think most folks knew that their third jersey has them the talk of the fashion world as well. And when I think fashion, I think of my next guest, 21 seasons in the show, his 19 in the rafters, a world champion for Canada, Shane Doan joins me now. Hey, Shane, been a while. Thanks for jumping on here with us. Oh, thank you so much, Jim. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Anytime. Thank and, you. and I'm going to get to the Fashionista part and the third jersey in a flash, but <laughs> I said it's been a while, and I know you've become a fixture in Arizona, uh, Chief Hockey Development Officer with the Coyotes. This has been a crazy couple weeks in the area. Waste management, <laughs> Kevin Durant, new head coach for the Cardinals, that thing called the Super Bowl. Like, you having any fun in the area these days? No kidding, <laughs> hey? The, the last three weeks. We had the Bear Jackson right before that, which is amazing, oh, right no. in the same area. So are you that Are you that uh, dude? Do you go to the Bear Jackson? <laughs> Every year, man. That place is unbelievable. They do a great job. But the Open and the Super Bowl and obviously what's going on with the Cardinals and the Suns has been pretty special and then we're 4-0 and 3 in our last seven so we're trying to hold our own hey, look, look at that i love it <laughs> <laughs> hey before i move on we were kind of golf guys here and i saw that you played yes. in the pro-am uh with biz as your caddy a couple years ago <laughs> did you get to play this year no i didn't actually we talked about doing it and it just didn't work out we had some things going on that i couldn't do it but we got to play with matsuyama too that year which was unbelievable and uh not a bad player yeah <laughs> no and archie bradley so we had a fun group we had a really good group and <laughs> nice. uh, it was a lot of fun did, like in those spots i'm always like did you play well did you feel nervous like, <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not that good of a golfer. Like I'm okay. Yeah. I can play, but I'm not that, I'm not like some of the guys. And I played every day for like three weeks before. It's the most <laughs> I probably played in my entire yeah, life. Ready. Um, just for that. It was the shot on 10. Like everyone asked about 16, but there's a hundred thousand people on the course. And on 10, there's probably about 15,000 people lining that, that first fairway. I was so sure I was going to kill somebody. And I, I, I hit my three wood off the tee just to make sure. So, uh, See, it was for, a lot of fun, though. We had a blast. For me, it doesn't matter if you hit three or if you hit one. <laughs> don't know where it's going. All right, so you mentioned the 4-0 and 3. Like, I know it's been a grind with the Coyotes for a little while here, but is, is it starting to feel like the turn is coming? Well, I think, you know, we had some injuries where we lost some guys. Um, getting Michelli back was huge. Our cold tending has been unbelievable. Both, you know, Iggy and, and Veg Malk have been both incredible for us. What he did, what, uh, what Connor Ingram did the other night against Tampa was pretty special. Yeah. But uh, Andre Terney is, a, is an incredible coach. And Clayton Keller and, and Schmaltzy have been really on fire lately. And it's, it's a lot of fun when you're winning. When guys are winning, they're having a good time. Like, listen, that Ingram story and what he did against Tampa and setting the record, <laughs> like, and being 25, like, it's been a grind for him to get to where he is. Did the guys kind of feel a little bit better for him because of how long it's taken him to kind of get there? Uh, there's an element. You, you, you saw what he, him obviously getting the opportunity in the playoffs yeah. um, with Nashville was big. And then for him to come here and have an opportunity to, to play a little bit more here and then him having success. Yeah, it's. It's that there's no question about it. I think everybody appreciates those guys that are willing to persevere, persevere, and keep fighting for it. And he's done a great job of it. And between him and Veggie and Corey Schwab, our, our goalie coach, has done great. And yes. I have to mention him, unfortunately. Him and I don't get along very good. <laughs> yeah, but good job. Um, I have to mention him, too. <laughs> uh, listen, so I, I mentioned the fashion and the team's third jersey designed by Ruigi Villasenor, the man behind the label, rude it's it's kind of taken on drew's leaf jersey as the most popular with kids around the hockey world like how did this come about like did you know anything about ruigi like there's this is kind of a cool collab no it's really um uh, alex morello is, is kind of the guy that's really pushed this and he wanted this and he came in and specifically went after him and got him to to do the jersey and the other day, actually, I think Chris Paul walked in, which was kind of cool for the Suns to support us. We support them; they support us. And nice. Chris Paul walked into the into the game wearing our jersey, which was uh, which was pretty cool. Um, but it's uh, it's something that, as a hockey player, you don't tend to worry too much about it. But it seems to become more and more to the forefront, and and guys are really, I think, enjoying it and, uh, and taking full advantage of it. Well, I remember back in the day, like when you would see like Snoop Dogg rock a jersey, or when you saw someone wearing a jersey that you thought, oh, that's, that's kind of cool. And I know that, like, guys my age, I'm, I'm 47, come after me, I'm a man. Like, some guys my age, <laughs> you know, they made fun of the Bieber or Drake collabs in Toronto. But I got kids. Like, I see how big of an impact it makes. You have four, I think, um, playing. Yes. One of them's playing at ASU. You see the hockey kids in the area. Do, do you see this kind of thing kind of making an imprint on the kids in the area and their pride in the game? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's the whole idea that it, the fashion matters more in, in a lot of areas now that, that we ever really, I mean, wear blue jeans and a t-shirt. That was kind of the staple where I grew up and that's, that's not exactly what they wear now. And, and now it matters what you wear and what you wear kind of represents a lot and uh, you want it to look good. And I think that they did a good job of representing Arizona with 
the way that it the way that they designed this one and at the same time giving it something that you can wear it kind of at any situation like people are wearing it out and people are wearing it to to play in and it's uh it's a unique look yeah, I, I can see a few dudes rocking this uh, the way Snoop Dogg once rocked a jersey, the way we saw rappers in the past rocking jerseys. Hey, hey listen, I can't have you on and not ask about Jacob Tripkin. And listen, I don't know <laughs> if I've mean? ever heard of a guy in trade rumors this long, never mind being held for trade purposes this long. I won't ask you when he's being dealt, unless, of course, you want to tell me. But, like, <laughs> how has he handled this? Like, how has he handled what can't be an easy spot to be in? No, and that's that's the hardest part. I mean, I, as a player, my heart goes out to all the players, and and understanding the 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 human side and the people side of it. And then now, as I'm uh, as I'm a little bit involved on the business side, you understand there's a business side to the game too. And I remember when I first recognized that the business of hockey and it, it was such a bad taste in my mouth as a player. And yet, I as I've grown older, I understand that's the way it works. I, I think it's important that the players recognize the business side. But the business has to recognize the human side and the right. and the personal side, and that I think when you have that blend, you have a chance to have success. And no question that this is probably harder on him than than anyone else. And at the same time, it, it's a it's a business that the, the the organization made that decision to do what they're doing, and um, they think that's what's best. So that's what they're going to do. And uh, whether you agree with either side, that's the way it is. And um, I think that they're both trying to make the best of it. And it's it's a unique difficult situation and we'll just have to get through it awesome hey listen uh i've always enjoyed the doan sporting family i remember watching <laughs> your sister play basketball at the university of calgary uh great catching up with you anytime you want to stop by uh doors are open here on tim and friends oh well, thank you so much i feel like I, you know this is big for me as an arizona guy getting on tim and friends that means <laughs> it's important so thanks guys uh, awesome thanks for doing this day thank you there is uh, shane doan i was gonna call him donor because I thought we got to that point yeah. at the end. Yeah. And then I, I second-guessed myself. And I said, tried to say Shane <laughs> instead of donor because I'm not that tight with him. Yeah. Yeah, I love you it. You know what I said, right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. said Dane. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> Whatever. I'm sure you appreciated it. I'm sure you're not the first to call we, him Dane either. Did we get to the donor area? Like, he seemed like he was oh, happy to be sure. on the show and all those things. Uh, there's no, I'm surprised you didn't call him donor earlier in the interview. I think that I'm, tight. I think I might be blushing. <laughs> After the break, Jay's <laughs> trying not to blush with Jay's GM, Ross Atkins, who joins us from Dunedin. Spring training underway. We'll get his thoughts on the offseason changes, MLB rule changes, and more coming up. Please stick around. Still at 47. I'm blushing on national TV. Donor. And now, time for real sports talk with Tim McAuliffe and friends of the show. Thank you very much, Sheepdogs. Back here for our final half an hour of the week on Tim and Friends. Still to come, a visit with Gene Principe in Edmonton, ahead of the Oilers and Rangers, plus Jay's GM, Ross Atkins, will join us in moments from Dunedin, otherwise known as Rosser. Kind of like donor, Rosser. Yeah, yeah. Ah, yes, though, Dunedin. Friends, it's time to head south where visions of palm trees, freshly cut grass, and baseball signal the start of something special for all Canadians, the promise of spring, summer, and baseball's return to the Great White North. So settle in 
and enjoy our daily dose of what's to come. It's time for the Tim and Friends postcard from Dunny. Yeah, no, I'm locked in now. Now I'm in the spring training. Spring training continues for the Jays' first exhibition game now, just eight days away. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has struggled at times last season, but the numbers were still there in the end. He made some headlines spring training and a certain quote last year, but he wasn't getting caught up in the hype earlier today, yes. Remember a year ago you said 21 was the trailer, 22 was the movie. What's 2023 going to be for this thing? Uh, this year I'm not going to say anything. I want you guys got to watch it. We love where he's at physically. Um, not to say we didn't love where he was last year, but um, kind of his approach. And like any young player, you know, there's going to be an adjustment and then a, and then a readjustment based on what the league is doing. We're just excited to see what he's going to do. As a ball player, you want to get better every year. So you guys know the numbers that I put on 21. So last spring training, I came here trying to do put better, even better numbers, and I think that affects me a little bit. But this year, I'm coming with, with a plan. I'm just going to trust the, the, my talent, and I'm just going to keep working hard, and hopefully everything goes well. Great answer. Yeah, I like hearing great that too. Answers. Yeah, Jesse jumping in with a great answer. Yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm with you on that one. The Oilers hosting the Red Hot Rangers tonight. And of note, and it's the final day of the Oilers Mega 50 50 draw in support of the Ben Stelter Fund. Looked at it earlier today, it was almost $3 million. Wow. Huge Oilers fan. Ben passed away in August tonight. The players will wear helmet decals, warm up jerseys, honoring Ben. There's a tournament in the area, as well as Ben patches for the game. Tickets for the 50 50 draw and amazing prizes with proceeds going to the Ben Stelter Fund can be purchased until 11 p.m. local time tonight. As mentioned, big game. Rangers tonight with more on that. And what could be a landmark night, let's check in with Gene Principe. Gino? Tim, the number 99 is uh, world famous because of uh, the fact it was worn by Wayne Gretzky. And heading into tonight's game, as Edmonton gets set to host the New York Rangers, when the Oilers walk out this door and make the short walk to the ice here in their home arena, they'll do so with Captain Connor McDavid sitting on 99 points, only one away from the sixth time that he would achieve the 100-point plateau in his career. I think he is... Um, focused on um, not one point tonight. He's focused on getting two points for our team. Um, you know, it's special. Anytime you hit the 100-point mark in whatever year it is, that that's special. To do it in the amount of games that um, he's going to do it in is quite special. You see the amazing plays, and like those those numbers are um, out of this world. But I think for him, the Focus he's brought to the defensive side and, and leading that uh, that charge for our group has been just as important. I don't know. Maybe we'll start getting excited at 150 or something. 100 is just uh, it's too easy for him. He's uh, he can do it every way. It's uh, it's you know I don't need to sit here and tell you guys. You guys get to watch it every night. He's uh, a brilliant player and he's you know he can he can beat you any which way and um, it's it's a pleasure to play with him. Tyson Berry joked that. Uh, McDavid will likely just kind of get the puck or his teammates will and he'll throw it in a drawer somewhere uh, wherever that drawer is it's full of milestone pucks considering the success that Connor McDavid has had but you know one thing that certainly has developed for the captain of the Oilers is a willingness to sacrifice in order for his team to be successful Jay Woodcroft said what the captain does is 
unbelievable, individually speaking, but he said coming into tonight against New York that he would be more focused on the team getting two points instead of him getting one. And Tim, that'll be a tough task for the Oilers as they face a Rangers team that's won six straight games. They've been really good. In fact, the entire top of the East has been really good. It's kind of crazy the way it shakes down in the National Hockey League. Gino also tweeting out some Oilers transactions, mm-hmm. Jesse, mm-hmm. as we keep our eye on what the hell's going to go on with this team and wonder if maybe there's a deal coming in the future. Yeah, so Kyler Yamamoto activated from the LTIR and then loaned to Bakersfield, Dylan Holloway, and Vincent uh, DeHarnay. They obviously have, I-, I think, some some more moves Booyah coming. Yari down the pipeline yeah. you, you would think but it, it's a tough situation for them because obviously they're in rumors with some big name players specifically Eric Carlson but that they're very very close against the cap and we've heard yeah. Ken Holland say dollar in dollar out so how exactly are you going to yeah. make any of that work it's very yeah, never mind Carlson and his money there was another Patrick Kane to the Oilers rumor floated out there over the last where isn't while. Patrick Kane being rumored yeah. to go so this 50 50 that I was talking about mm-hmm. Jesse is now over, like, out west they do 50-50 right. Like, look at this, $3.36 million as we speak. Now, you can only buy in Alberta, but if you want to get in on it and help out the Ben Stelter Amazing cause. uh, Yeah, awesome cause. Get in on it. All right, listen, we've been promising at least one daily trip to Dunedin, and with the storm hitting the Jays' home and native land here in southern Ontario. A little bit of an ice storm here today. It almost feels like a necessity to brighten the day <laughs> with not only just pictures of Dunedin, but a conversation to accompany it. And who better to do that with than the general manager of the Jays, Ross Atkins, who is kind enough to help out and join us. Welcome back to Tim and Friends. Thanks for doing this, Ross. Oh, thanks, Tim. Yeah, thanks for having me on. A- anytime. Listen, yesterday I was telling the audience how much I enjoy seeing the pictures from Dunedin. just makes me feel good that spring is on its way, even though we are firmly in the bosom of Mother Winter right now. That summer will come, baseball's on the way. It's kind of that time of year. For the general manager, is this time more angst or excitement as spring training gets going? You know, it's interesting. I was just talking about that today. I mean, it's certainly more excitement than anything else, but I always know it's spring training when I have anxiety dreams. So I'm <laughs> waking up and feeling like I'm late for practice or I'm on the mound and I only have one stirrup on or something <laughs> wrong's going. But, uh, yeah, that it's a good feeling to have those dreams again and know that the adrenaline's rushing, uh, but lots of so many good things happening and uh, really good energy in our environment right now. Mine was always I couldn't find my football helmet. I was yeah, I had the cleats you know the on. Truck. I was looking around. I couldn't find the helmet. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a routine that you have? Like, do you grab a ball bucket, sit down, and watch guys work? Uh, do you wander around, get a peek at everyone? Do you say a prayer to the baseball gods in the hope of avoiding injuries? Like, how, how do you attack spring training? Yeah, I'm not a superstitious guy, but I do believe in routine. I do believe in consistency and and try to work to, you know, be consistent with my routine, not only for myself, but uh, so that I'm available to others and and in consistent places. So, um, yeah, I mean, (laughs) it is very similar every day. Obviously, it, it changes a bit once the flow of spring training is in full swing and we have games played. But right now we're entirely focused on, getting together collectively with our staff, collectively with the team, and then also individually to make sure that everyone, um, you know, is heard and, and is talking about their goals and their individual aspirations. It's been really cool because there's a uh, 
every year feels like better and better towards that team environment and uh, a lot of discussion around individual improvement and collective improvement every day, meeting with six to ten individuals. And uh, it's one of my favorite times of the year to reconnect with our players and staff. Nice. So this is kind of John Schneider's first kick at spring training as the as the skipper. Is that part of what you're talking about, that, that kind of collective team goal? And, and do you see differences with him? Yeah, he's been awesome. He is he's really I, I you know I see just a desire to be better and a desire to improve. I've always believed, we've always believed that one of the strongest attributes of any leader of any environment is curiosity and he, and he certainly has that. He is um you know has the desire to learn, has the desire to improve, has conviction because of his preparation and is able to give direction and it is really inspiring. It's inspiring for me to be around. It's uh, Yes, there is that collective uh, gathering where they're talking about how we're going to separate ourselves from one another and they're separating ourselves from the, from the, from the league, and right. it, it's palpable, and, and I feel very fortunate to be a part of it. Hey, listen, yesterday Shy was on, and we were talking about the new rules, and for me, like, it was – really fun to to think about the permutations of how things will actually play out like how much time has the front office and staff spent on this and has it been fun or has it been like holy crap what do we do here (laughs) uh it's definitely fun uh, and it's definitely exciting to think about um you know how teams will look to take advantage of it and definitely exciting to think about how uh, we can capitalize and and most importantly be prepared so um, we're not being taken advantage of. So uh, lots of lots of discussion, lots of experiences being exchanged from our players and staff that were in AAA and went through this already. Right. And that, that has uh, consumed us for sure over the last month and has picked up some steam over the last week. Do, do you, I'm not going to ask you what you guys are going to do because I'm sure that'll be part of uh, – <laughs> Part of the tactics and, and maybe some of the uh, the gamesmanship that goes on here, but do you do you think that you guys will be more aggressive early on? Like I was suggesting yesterday that we might see some wacky stats, maybe even some wacky standings early in the season. Like, do you think it'll be a dramatic effect on the game early? Well, I, I think the base stealing and base controlling the running game is a thing that comes to mind. Right. The 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 pitch clock will impact that as well. So, yeah. you know, that, that's what comes to mind. I think it was about 25% rate higher of stolen bases attempted in AAA, and just that alone is going to create, uh, you know, more opportunity for run creation and more opportunity to control the running game. So, um, you know, thinking about that, thinking we've already, you know, our catchers are already talking about what that means for them from a workload standpoint, from a, a prioritization standpoint, and thinking about our team with the athleticism and the versatility, the added base running, base stealing threats that we have, it is exceptionally exciting for us to think about. Yeah, I, I like the the additions. You know, when you when you start thinking of them in these roles, it, it gets a little uh, gets a little bit exciting. Hey, listen, before we kind of like, you have to know where you're to know where you're going. You got to know where you come from. And and I just wonder, is there any worry about how last season ended, like having some sort of residual effect on this team this year? No, I, I mean it hasn't since uh, that's the first time I've even thought of the potential of that when you asked it. So it's not something that is uh, coming across 
the minds in our clubhouse, certainly not mine, not John Snyder's or Pete Walker's. We are, uh, it's all excitement and all a great deal of confidence. The, the, the reason I asked was because I wondered if, you know, there's some real veteran add-ons to this team, guys that have been there and done that. And I wondered if, if that was part of the reason for when you get into the fire. We've always, we're always thinking about getting better. We're always, a lot of our, you know, our goals this year were, uh, you know, we talked about it a lot on run prevention. And uh, it's interesting how now our, the, the way we're going to be scoring I feel we'll be more balanced and we'll take some pressure off of, uh, you know, the home run and some pressure off certain individuals to provide so much offensively because of the balance, not just the handedness, but the base dealing that I mentioned and the ability to create, uh, you know, different lineups for different attacks for different starting pitchers that are going to be able to attack us. We were, <clears throat> you know, pretty uh, right-handed and, and right. not as dynamic as we would like to be, and we have made a big shift in that direction. And we are always thinking about leadership. We are always thinking about how does this individual impact our environment. And with Kevin Kiermeyer and Brandon Belt, Chris Bassett and Dalton Varsho, they're checking those boxes in significant ways. Understood, understood. So I know we heard about a, a slight impingement for Mitch White, and while I realize this is a question for every team on planet Earth, including my kids' U14 team, are you <laughs> confident in the starting pitching depth, or could there still be more looks at adding there? We, I feel very good about it. I feel especially as you look throughout AAA and across our 40-man, our, our depth is as good as it's been since I've been here. So I feel exceptional about our depth. I think oftentimes we can focus on um, you know, names on the back of the jerseys and slotting them into a numbered spot. Mm-hmm. And as you know very well, <clears throat> teams are deploying pitching in unique ways the, over the last several years. Uh, we certainly feel good about having five starters and, a, and five, starter, uh, five starter rotation and really good options for those roles. Of course, we can stay open to adding in that area and not overly concerned with Mitch White at all. It's really, I think, across the industry, the industry is doing a much better job of getting guys ready for spring training with arm care, with build-up plans, and feel really good about the shape of all of the arms right now as we start. Is some of that confidence maybe a chance that you can get Hyunjin Ryu back? I, certainly, certainly that could be a piece of the equation. And, and it's, uh, you know, not just starting pitching specific or guys that have hauled 200 innings before, but as I mentioned, the different ways that we'll be able to deploy uh, various members that have, have great experiences that we feel have not reached their, their potential just yet. So there's a, you know, before I, I don't want to list names because I'll right. be excluding someone, someone by <laughs> you know, using one name, but uh, do, it, it comes down to depth, Tim, and we, we feel like we're in the best position we've been in a, in a real long time. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus in on one name, and I'm not sure if you know this, but you say Kikuchi is a bit of a topic of conversation around your fan base. What can you see that perhaps the fan base can't see when it comes to you guys evaluating what you have in Yusei Kikuchi? Well, right now the consistency of the pens are the best that we've seen him since he's been here. And then his, uh, you know, what he is saying about how he's feeling, the best he's felt in a long time. So uh, we're seeing that consistency. It's, it's interesting, too, and it's so subtle. 
Um, but you you know there's something to it, just so hard to quantify is someone's confidence. But right. that is also something that you can feel from walking by, you say, and being around him right now, which, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. But he's in an incredible spot mentally and physically, and, and it, his stuff is electric as it always is, and his uh, routines are incredible, and his bullpens have been very, very good. I think it's the beard, Ross. I think it's the, the new beard. <laughs> nice. <Yeah. laughs> hey, listen, we always appreciate the time. Bit of an ice storm up here in Toronto. So do us all a favor and, and enjoy the weather, okay? I will. I, I like the intro when you mentioned the bosom of winter. That was, that was impressive vocabulary. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, you know me and my Carleton education. Carleton, where the, where the K stands for quality, my friend. <laughs> Thanks for doing this, Ross. Okay, man. Right. Have a good night. There is uh, Ross Atkins, managing general of the Toronto Blue Jays. I All feel right. better about some things after that. Do you? Yeah, sure. That's more of a feel. This is more of a feel-good interview, right? Yeah. Like the spring training, the hope of new beginnings, all those things. Yeah, I do think there's a segment of the fan base that, that has will have a hard time until baseball, the regular season actually starts, a hard time getting over last year. Yeah. But from everything that we've heard from Vladdy today and then Ross yeah. during that interview, it certainly feels like they're onwards and upwards which is we'll see yeah we and like he said we'll see right, we'll see time for one last break we'll get to game time wrap up our week rubinoff takes over hockey central's next please stick around we get paid for this shocking i know welcome back kids season seven of the chevrolet good deeds cup is underway entering is super easy and this year no good deed goes unnoticed. Until March 4th, we are challenging minor hockey teams across the country to do as many good deeds as they can to fill the cup. The more good deeds your team does, the better chances to win $100,000 for charity. Post your good deeds on social with the hashtag GoodDeedsCup and hashtag contest. And don't forget to tag at Chevrolet Canada to make sure your good deeds are counted. And next Friday, February 24th, all entries are worth five times the points. So get good deeding. For more information, go to ChevroletGoodDeedsCup.ca. All right, as always, we hope your game day starts with Tim and friends. Here's what's on tap tonight. Hockey Central follows us with the Penguins and Islanders over on Sportsnet 1. Oilers and Rangers regionally later on Sportsnet West. Hopefully, you bought the entire package, so you got it covered. And on Sportsnet, it is NBA All-Star Friday. Celebrity game followed by the Rising Stars Affair, which I promise will be a little different this year. <laughs> Over there, Jesse yeah. moving off as Home we stretch hit game here. time. Home stretch of the week. Yeah, we gave me one of those in the middle of it. Yeah, I love it. You just want them to keep grabbing things that I do that are not caught on camera from the bird's eye thing. I know what you're doing. I know how you're operating. I just was impressed with the flex. Yeah, he gave me a flex during yeah. the game time animation. Yeah. I love it. It sends degrees of separation tonight as the Blackhawks visit what? Ottawa. Alex Debrinkit will be facing his former team, while Peter Morazic, who played his junior hockey in Ottawa, We'll start in goal for Chicago. Oh, Hawks nice. head coach Luke Richardson is an Ottawa native and a former Sens player and assistant coach. And he was a teammate of Chris Neal, who will have his jersey retired by the Sens tonight. That's the kind of guys that you have that drive an organization because every day in practice, he's the first guy in every drill. 
uh, his work ethic uh, pushes other people and uh, you know he's always going to have your back on the ice so you can play that you're fullest uh, out there not worry so you know great teammate uh, glad he's getting an honor here tonight um, you know what he uh, He's a great uh, person in the community here, and he's been here from day one in his career. So that's, uh, you know, it's an extra boost for a hometown guy like me in Ottawa to have someone like that as part of your community. Luke knows Chris Neal, 250 points, maybe the lowest amount ever to have their jersey retired. Uh, the 2,500 pims, maybe more to the uh, to the totals there, but probably speaks to the character. The yes, game. yes, it's a great point. Um, obviously, the big story surrounding the Blackhawks right now is the future of Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, yeah. both players have been mentioned in trade rumors ahead of the deadline. Taves is currently on IR, won't play tonight, but Kane was asked earlier if all the talk is affecting him. Maybe like subconsciously, but I don't think it's anything that I think about when I'm on the ice, you know, it's just like, um, you know, you're trying to go out there, you're trying to play well, and uh, don't really think about that other stuff when you're playing. Okay, here we go. Kane, Taves, neither or both to be traded at the trade deadline. I'm gonna say neither. Neither? Yeah. And I'm gonna say the guy on IR is more like, I wouldn't be surprised if Taves is the one traded, Kane is just shut down and then signs as a free agent in the offseason. Surprised by that. Don't you think Kane has probably more to give than, than Taves at this Yeah, stage I career? think he does, but he can just do it as a free agent and get better because it seems like maybe he's not 100%. Yeah, it doesn't, certainly doesn't seem like it. So, uh, I mean, listen, I've said this a bunch of times. I feel like the NHL's in a bad place here because guys like that should be able to move on and help another team. All right, that does it for us. Hockey Central up next. As we leave you, it's Friday, then it's Saturday, Sunday. Friday, then. It's Friday, then. It's Saturday, Sunday, what? It's Friday, then. It's Friday, Sunday, what? It's Friday, <laughs> Little too close, Jesse. <laughs> what was that? I like that variation on the Rubinoff yeah. shuffle. Jesse Rubinoff, <laughs> I have brought my heart on my sleeve. Happy Valentine's so Day. So flattered. Thank hey. you, buddy. Oh, you my God. You're never so nice. Me. You're one of the best teammates in the building. I may or may not have left that out for my wife earlier today. I didn't get you anything. <laughs> And the Senators somehow, somehow get into the playoffs that year. It's glorious. Is Cabby here? <laughs> and Kevin Mandalese made 46 saves in his NHL debut to lead the Sens to a shootout win on Long Island. But first, oh, Italian pronunciation. Mandalese, like that, yeah. glorious bastards. Margarete. Happy pitchers and catchers hey. to you and yours. I got the same move you play. Oh, and in a circle. What are you doing? I'm raising the roof. Summer is indeed on its way. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm with you. You don't see, I, I just, there was like an entire <laughs> diatribe. We had we had music, we had Brazil. Oh, I'm pumped, I'm pumped. I just, no, like, you're not. It's February 16th. Summer is summer, like spring, yes. Spring is one Summer is like a fire. Guys, guys, yeah. can we just get Half a year away. He's got a sleeveless shirt on. Hey, look. And you're not getting excited. No, I did. There's no sleeves no, on the shirt there put, either. Now you're put, what do they call baseball players? The boys of what? 
voids of February 6th. No, they don't. Might not be excited about spring coming, but he's excited about Tiger Woods. You're absolutely right. Is it going for the big cat, Timmy? I think there's a desk there. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend.